Welcome to the I Am Talk Kona Super Specials Day 4. Your daily fix on all things Kona. Right, guys, so welcome along to day three of the I Am I'm Talk. Kind of super special. Kind of super special. Oh, it's good times, John. It's good times. And these are proudly brought to you by Endurance Sport Travel. If you want to travel somewhere around the world and do an Iron Man, I'm almost afraid to say the word. Um, if you want to do an Iron Man somewhere around the world, you want to go there, check it out, and you want to do an EST. Endurance Sport. No, um, that's, that's a reference for the end of the show. Okay, and, and we've had their service and we're loving it, aren't we, John? Endurance Sport Travel. Particularly the breakfast. Breakfast rocks. <laughs> John, how much did you eat this morning, John? Let's just say I haven't had any lunch, and it's now, what is it now? It's four o'clock, four o'clock and I haven't need to eat anything all day. And, and the thing is, uh, he had eaten a lot, and I was thinking to myself, geez, John's eaten a lot. And he came back with two big waffles <laughs> rolled on a bloody well, maple syrup over it. Contemplating, <laughs> can I get my throat self through the rest of the day? <laughs> yes, I can. Give me some waffles. <laughs> okay, who else? And Challenge. Challenge Athletes Foundation We met a few of them um, today It really gives you an appreciation for how great they are eh? I mean I know a lot of us And myself included Sometimes get a little frustrated with the, the NBC coverage And they you know, they have the, the sob stories and so yep. on But these guys are pretty awesome man And we're, yeah. we're going to have a few more of them on in the next couple of days And when you see them in person And what they've had to go through it is, uh, yeah, It's, it's pretty, pretty, pretty it's awesome really phenomenal. So if you ever think about sponsoring someone in a race Or, or an organisation and, and what I do like about it is that you know, when someone who has a disability in life, you know, they, they stand out in public, whereas here, yeah. there's quite a few people who are challenge mm. athletes, and so they just merge in, and it's kind of, mm. we're all just one community, and I really like that aspect of it. Mm. We're a family, Bevan. We're a family, John. You want to hug? Coffeesofhawaii.com. Can I be dead? No. Coffeesofhawaii.com. Oh. <laughs> get, get on with the show. He gave me the dead look then. Uh, get on the boat, get on the coffee. Athlinks.com. Just beautiful, beautiful friends. And try by yourself. Who are part of the family and, right. and who wear the cool gear for try buys. Okay, John, so day three of the IMM Tour specials. And it's been a busy day, hasn't it, John? It has been a busy day. And uh, well, we actually started off with a busy night last night. We actually rode out. We've been doing a lot of riding. I tell you, we probably should have hired a car <laughs> looking back. It's like I haven't actually got out. I was planning on doing a scheduled ride today, but we would have ridden. Yeah, an hour and a half today, just commuting all over the place. Yeah, so we, we caught up with Ferris last night, and uh, nice guy, eh? Is that going on the show? Yep. Oh, okay, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yep. So, yeah, really nice show. I got to <laughs> really nice show, show guy. Got to uh, try a beer? the sponsored product. Was it good beer? It was. It was nice. It was refreshing. It was I think it was probably like. good beer because John got for a three-hour bike ride yesterday and was dying. Yeah, and the guy, the, they had a, a helper, or I'm not sure how he fitted in the guy, and he said, "Oh, we've got some non-alcoholic beer." And I said, "No, man, give me some give alcohol. Me the real deal. Give me the real deal." So and, that was good. And then uh, we've just come in from an interview with our good friend Belinda Granger. Yep. She's a great interviewer. Eh? She's good. And that's the thing. I th- I'm really, really happy with all the interviews we've had so far yeah. because they have been interesting people and have had interesting things to say. And they open up and it's not the yeah. standard stock kind of, oh, you know, I love triathlon yeah. stuff. Not that, so, you know, like it's interesting. No, that's been all good. And, and we've had the uh, portable mic. Now, I know yesterday the sound quality on the portable mic wasn't so good, so today I've tried to fix it up. And what we're going to do in today's show is we're basically going to put the two interviews on back to back and then we're just going to play all the info that's come on the portable mic. So some of it's really good, like we've got Peter Reed. 
Reed, mm-hmm. and we've got Michaela Jones. Jones. Now, admittedly, there'll be an interview with a lady, and we don't introduce her, and that's Michaela Jones. She's got an Australian accent. Bevan she- put me on the spot. I thought he was doing the intro, and he says, John, Christian. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's she, the one who's divorced, and, so. she, and she bummed me out as well. I didn't. She did I didn't, shoot you down. I yeah. didn't have my history correct. <laughs> you didn't get your peas right, <laughs> like a dick. <laughs> I really did. She's thinking, who are these unprofessional podcasting pit guys? Yes. So, um, so, so what we're going to do is we're going to go through the first two interviews, and then we're just going to chuck those on, run them through to the end of the show. So, first of all, we've got Faris Al Sultan, 2005 world champion. Beautiful. Righty-ho, uh, today, day two for us, we have uh, 2005 Hawaii champion Faris Al-Sultan, if I pronounce that right, Faris? Yep, good. perfect. Uh, on the show today, so welcome along to the show. It's good to have some German people, we haven't had, don't think we've had any German uh, athletes on the show. We've had Thomas Hellregel. Yeah, we've had Thomas. Who we saw running before. Yeah, yeah, we had Thomas when we were in road. Yeah, so uh, yeah. welcome along. How's the uh, how's the form been in 2009? We have seen your name a couple of times, but what have you been up to? Form was horrible, and uh, most of the races were pretty horrible. I got my ass kicked at mostly any race I entered. Yeah. But um, finally, we found out why the running times went down, and uh, so I made some changes. And the last uh, couple of weeks, the training in California was pretty good, yeah. and uh, I hope to have a solid race. It won't be something uh, something uh, exceptional, but uh, ho- I hope for a very solid race. So, so you're in a bit of a rebuilding phase, are you? Well. I'm, I think I'm still in that transition phase from the young wild guy that managed to win yep. uh, into the serious smart super pro that uh, <laughs> just knows how to win. Yeah. yeah, okay. And hopefully I'm now at the end of this transition because uh, the last uh, couple of years were not really super good. Good. I mean, I won Malaysia, Ironman yes. Malaysia and I won uh, Ironman Ger- um, Germany 70.3, but uh, in between all that, that that wasn't much. How was it for you? Because, you know, you've, you've won Kona, you know, you've kind of reached the top, you know, and, and then from there forward, I imagine in your own mind, you're thinking, you know, there's so much potential for what I can do, and then for that to go downhill, have you found that? Well, of course, it's pretty hard. I mean, um, I knew before that uh, to win here, you also have to be lucky. Yep. You know, there are about five guys each year that really can win the race. And uh, if you are the chosen one, then you're also lucky. I, I guess uh, in history there were a few guys that uh, had the, the physical abilities to win it and maybe also the mental abilities, but you know, for some reason it just didn't work. Yeah. And uh, so on the one hand, you have to be uh, thankful that you were the lucky one. And, uh, and, but on the other hand, of course, you have to work on those abilities that when you show up on race day that you're actually able to do it. Yep, yep. So you're saying there's been something that's been holding you back? Can you elaborate? Well, yeah. I mean, uh, I've I've had issues, and uh, hopefully everything is now sorted body-wise, out. Like body-wise, body-wise, yeah. Oh, okay. Body-wise, and uh, <laughs> if, if we think about the, the state of mind, of course, that you come from from a win, uh, as a winner, um, it's it's a constant change between the phase where you think that. Uh, I mean, after winning Kona, you think that you can win any race yeah. where you just you just show up and you have to win. Yeah. And the phase where, uh, you know, you 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 don't you think that you don't have to win that race, that particular race, or you don't have to perform very well in that particular training session just because you won the big one. Yeah. And you get the attitude of, well, if I wa- w- would want, I could, but yeah. you know. And this is this is really a constant 
mix Bad in, battle in yeah, your head. Really, really, it is. And at, at least it was for me for, uh, so for you, a little while. So you feel that once, because you won, you have this reputation you have to maintain. And then, so every time you're out there, you feel, I've got to keep doing this, and, mm. and it's maybe not good for your training. Yeah, it's not so much. It's 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 really it's a it's a mental thing, and uh, I was very very happy. And I think personally, I'm I think I'm more proud of my uh, third place the in, in yep. the year uh, after my victory than the victory itself. Of course, mm. I mean the victory changed <laughs> a yeah. lot of things. But mm. why 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 were you more proud of 2006? Because it was so much harder. I mean, um, literally anywhere you go. At any race, you know, the focus is on you, no matter if you do a sprint race in the Bundesliga with all those short course guys really, so or, or, a, or a long course race and or a, a 10k running race, everybody expects you to win. Yeah. And uh, so the pressure was very high. And when I came to Kona, I was already exhausted from all the interviews, all the races and the, the training, the responsibilities and all that because it was all new. And, yeah. Um, so I was very proud on that one. Yeah, we we know that you uh, you've got stories about you know keeping things simple, um, you know, drinking beer, and I notice we've still got the cardboard box over here. <laughs> the cardboard bike box is that your bike box? Well, as I have two bikes, we have one real uh, uh, one real box and one cardboard box. Nice. <laughs> is, is yours the one with the Hello Kitty? Yeah, on sure. It? Hello Kitty is mine. <laughs> One of the reasons we wanted to come along today was to talk a bit about the, the team Abu Dhabi as well, and I probably pronounced that incorrectly. But can you maybe tell us a bit about the team and sort of maybe the purpose of? Obviously, for you guys, it's probably you know financially it's, it's it helps you guys. But what's the purpose of the team, and are there any long-term goals? Well, first of all, the reason to do that was not financially, um, believe it or not, but because uh, I didn't make I, I don't make any more money with that team than I've made before I may I sacrificed some of my old sponsors um, just to to fulfill that dream of mine to set up that team um, the reason is that I think it's it was necessary as a part of you know professionalizing the sport um, we were me and, and uh, Werner Leitner and Sven Sundberg, um, the founders of the team. We were thinking for about yeah one and a half years that we'd like to have a team that works a little bit like a cycling team, you know, where yep. the guys have the same kit, not uh, thirty, um, not thirty-eight sponsors on the jersey, where nobody real pays real money, yep. and you look like an idiot. You have blue shoes and a red helmet and a yellow bike and. Um, you look like a parrot and uh, so we said we want to professionalize all that and um, we also want to not only to focus on performance of course performance is important for a professional team yeah. but also a little bit we want to promote the lifestyle the multi-sport lifestyle and we don't want to focus just on Ironman racing and we don't want to give people the impression that you know everything is just single-minded oh I have to perform yeah. and everything but this is about having fun as well and, and embracing the lifestyle that you're able to lead as a pro yeah so how does it work with the team do you tra like train together or of course we try to train together as often as possible and yeah. I mean we were kind of a training group with, yeah. uh, with Sven and Werner and of course this is not possible all the time because the different athletes have different schedules yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and we live in different places and all that but um, we like to 
to feed off each other when we are training together. Yeah. And um, almost a little bit like the national teams on short course that live to live at least for a certain period of time together and train together at some uh, training centers. And um, but on long course, usually that that doesn't happen. Everybody is so focused mm. uh, on himself yeah. and, all, and always with a himself. Bit lonely, kind of. Yeah. yeah, and and you know sometimes people um, meet for training, but uh, it's not on a regular basis. And and this was also one of the reasons to to found that team. It's well known that you started the sport quite young. Uh, you're 19 when you started doing Ironman, was it? Yep. Well, what got you into Ironman so young? Well, um, I was looking for a new challenge, and I started with swimming, but I was almost 15 years old, and, you know, yep. you won't gonna... You're old. Yeah, you're, for swimming, you're <laughs> yeah. old, and you won't yeah. become a champion. Yeah. And um, then I started running, and um, ran my first marathon with, with 16, and um, but also I wasn't super good runner, and then I saw uh, um, TV coverage of uh, Hawaii, and saw Thomas Hellriegel, and... Um, I was fascinated by the toughness of the guys and the sport, and of course, the word Ironman uh, was uh, was attractive, and yeah. and uh, and Thomas, especially Thomas Hellriegel, was was uh, attracting me to it. And uh, why? Yeah. What was it about Thomas? Because he was the kind of guy that uh, didn't hold anything back. You know, he was just trying as hard as he could on the swim and on the bike, especially on the bike, of yeah. course. And he was that. Yeah, that, that warrior type guy that uh, you know just just killing himself on on the course and uh, also that uh, masochistic uh, thing yeah. that, that was attracted me and uh, <laughs> yeah, and I was doing long course swimming uh, long open water swimming at that time and um, I swam at the German championships um, 25k and uh, the decision was a little bit when I was 18 swimming open water or triathlon and I just hated the idea of uh, swimming at least 10k every day in the pool counting the tiles and yeah. I said Ooh, no, nothing for me yeah. oh, I just want to go back to the Abu Dhabi oh, uh, side of things um, what, what's in it for them are they promoting it for, for tourism reasons or is that the main objective for them? Well one thing is the tourism um, they have uh, um, the, their hotels uh, already uh, are have pretty good business, so it's mm. not uh, they don't really have to have that. Yep. But um, of course, they want to promote it, and uh, also they want to promote the name. And mm. there's a little competition going on between Abu Dhabi and uh, Dubai mm -hmm. because everybody knows Dubai, mm -hmm. and uh, but not so many people know what Abu Dhabi is. It's mm -hmm. it's one of the seven Emirates, mm -hmm. the biggest one, the one the capital. Yeah, and. Um, and so they have that little competition going on, and and, um, and of course uh, they like the idea, and uh, there will be um, a race as well. Cool. And uh, they already have some smaller races, and there is a little commu triathlon community, mainly of expats. Okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, and of course the next idea is to uh, to make more locals pick up the sport yeah. because uh, there are big problems coming up with uh, um, obesity and yeah. diabetes yeah. and uh, so um, they try to to tackle those problems 
from that is angle that where as well. you are you from that area i know you're german but your parents are from no. somewhere in the middle east yeah my father is from iraq yeah and um but uh, we have some friends there yeah. and that's how i came to the emirates first as a tourist just uh, yeah. um, coming along with my dad and uh, when I started triathlon, I remembered the place and said, hey, this is probably a good place to train. And then I came there f- 10 years ago. And since then, I came every year. Yeah, really nice. Do, um, do in Germany, like we've been to Germany a couple of times, we've done road a few times, and um, they love triathlon, you know. Yeah. And, and, and the difference I always find when I go to Germany is that, you know, like you come to this race or you go to a local race like Taupo, the community gets involved but they don't know much about the sport. So they love the event, but they don't have the depth of knowledge in the sport. Whereas you go to road and you do a race and like everyone in the community knows every bloody triathlete. You know, they just have a depth of knowledge. So for you, how, how much exposure do you have in Germany, you know, being an Ironman winner? Well, not as much as the soccer players, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think it's fairly decent. Um, especially when we had that uh, you know rivalry between Norman and me, I think yeah. that was was very good, good because sport. yeah, because yeah. Uh, every sport needs the personalities and uh, and uh, we are so different, and that was of course pushing it, yeah. and uh, and then of course we were very successful, and uh, not only on long course but also on short course. And uh, that, of course, that all helped. And uh, especially in Roth, um, the the community is really um, uh, passionate. Passion, passionate yeah. about endurance sport at all. I mean, you can uh, basically <laughs> ring on every door, and there's somebody that runs a, a, a one thirty half marathon. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, um, but this is, of course, this is a very special region. It's not not everywhere is like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we are happy with the development uh, so far, and uh, we try, of course, to push it. And, and and I'm happy with the kind of exposure I get. Yeah. So would yeah. would would the average sports fan in Germany know of Jan Fredino or or of you or of Norman Stadler, or would they need to be? Well, um, we were just a couple of hours ago. We were talking <laughs> to uh, to uh, one of the guys who is in marketing, and uh, I think. Um, Norman and me probably have still have a better um, profile. Uh, yeah, a better profile than than Jan yeah. and Daniel, yeah. but uh, they are still coming up. And yeah. um, I think not the average person knows who we are, but uh, everybody who is interested in sports would yeah. would know. Yeah. Um, probably not everything they wouldn't get probably the distance right yeah, but yeah, this yeah. but they know Ironman and if they, if they hear the, your name they're aware yeah, of it yeah, yeah. it's like because it, we ask because in New Zealand like most people know who Bevan Doherty and Hamish Carter are yeah, you know, so it's, yeah. it's big news in New Zealand yeah so. so your expectations for the weekend what do you think is, is realistic for you well top 10, top 10? Um, I won't be top 3 that's yeah. for sure I just don't don't have it physically yeah. um, this year at least uh, and um, I hope for a top 10 finish I think that's that's absolutely doable and yeah, uh, yeah if I'm lucky then maybe top 5 yeah so, so normally your approach is you know big swim big bike and, and you know good run so this year because you're not in the place where you normally would be do you change your approach into the race no I wouldn't but um, I think it's. I think I just don't have the ability um, to ride away, yeah. or and I definitely don't have the ability to swim away. You know, 
I became a little bit slower and there are a lot of guys that are about, about my level and there are a few guys that are above my level and yeah. uh, pretty <laughs> pretty much above my level. Yeah. And uh, so I guess it will be like it used to be in the last couple of years where a big group with mostly all the favorites came out of the water and uh, then, you know, we'll, we'll play the game, you know, drop one guy every mile one, <laughs> yeah. one guy will be dropped and then we'll see who comes into transition and then there's somebody from the back but uh, you know mostly they're the favorites are in that group and so, so what about the race what about um, other competitors who you who do you think maybe will take it out on the day well the usual suspects I mean uh, Eneko Janos and Mecca and uh, um, uh, um, yeah, Craig Alexander and uh, I I'm, I think that Timo Bracht is also able to be very fast. I mean, he has uh, um, shown that he has uh, 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 excellent um, abilities. I mean, yep. he won Frankfurt, and this was mm. really, yeah. really solid. Mm. And, um, yeah, also Andreas Rehlat would be interesting. A mm. um, little more experience, a really strong runner, strong swimmer. And, uh, yeah. And then there are a few other guys. I mean, with Terenzo, I don't know. Maybe he's still not so uh, experienced. so experienced and uh, won't have the endurance to yep. to work it through. But um, and then of course there's uh, Rasmus Henning. Unfortunately, he broke his, his wrist, but mm. he would have been um, a contender, I guess. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What about the girls? Well, all everybody's fighting <laughs> for second place. <laughs> really. So. And what about your, what <laughs> like about your other teammates? Tell us a little bit about them, because we often miss out a bit on some of the Germans and you know the non-English speaking language countries. Um, so tell us about your teammates. Well, um, Andrea uh, Steinbecher, as her last name changed a little bit because she married. <laughs> it's Andrea Brady, is it? Brady, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, she has a good run. Um, she's also fast in the water, not super fast, but fast. And just her time trialing abilities are not that good. So for her, it would be better, you know, if it's not that windy and, mm. you know, if she just sneaks through the wind a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, then she would be good for maybe, yeah, top 10, top 20. Yeah. I don't think that she will be f f further up, but yeah. around that. With Sven, we don't really know because uh, he did uh, um, Kentucky couple of weeks ago and yeah. was still tired when he came into training camp in the last in the final preparation and uh, he hopes for a top 20 finish and okay. we'll we'll never know you know if it's not too hot and he plays it a little bit conservative then he might be 10th yeah. yeah but yeah. i don't think that he will be fa and he doesn't think it either that mm. he will be faster yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and do you, do you, I mean, there's there's obviously your team now, and there's also the Kosberg. Do you think this is the way that things may 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 go in the future? I don't know. I mean, Commerzbank, um, of course, is a, is a way bigger team. They have uh, more athletes, uh, more money, and everything. Yeah. And uh, it's a different approach. I mean, they are very focused on performance, and mm. that's their thing. And mm. um, I don't think that necessarily it, that has is, has to be the way it is done, but of course it gives a sponsor um, more exposure, more exposure yeah. and you're not so dependent on just one athlete. You yeah. know, what do you do if your athlete gets sick or injured yeah. or whatever? Yeah. Then, yeah, yeah. and uh, and of course it gives you the ability um, to to build up a structure around that, and you know, 
if you are a Commerzbank and you don't sponsor a team but individual athletes, then you don't have so much influence on how they look like yeah. and uh, you don't want to have them ride everyone a different bike, a yeah. different clothing, different shoes. And if you work as a team, it's way easier to get that corporate identity that everybody's looking for yeah. to be recognizable and... Uh, Yeah, so I think it's an opportunity, at least for big sponsors. Nice. So, so this year's race isn't, you know, the race where you're going for the win so much. What's the plan moving forward after, you know, this weekend? Well, of course, to enlarge the team. Yeah, um, but maybe more for you as an athlete. For me as an athlete, of course, uh, I want to be back on top um, yep. for next year. Um, I think when once all the, the physical issues are, set, are completely settled, then... Uh, I still have it in me to, to win that race. Because you're still quite young, aren't you? Well, I'm still th 31, so yeah. uh, I should be able to uh, race uh, amongst the best uh, for the next four to five years. And uh, I'm confident that uh, I get back there. And, uh, you know, just that transition between the young guy with all that energy that is excited about just every training session yeah. towards the serious pro that really knows what has to be done and what doesn't um, this tra transition isn't finished and I hope it's finished by the end of this year but it wasn't finished until now and um, you know on the one hand it's a little bit sad because you know when when I was younger I just could train all day and yeah. have, do mistakes and still you know just just cope with everything just because of that uh, you know never ending energy but uh, now you have to change I mean your body doesn't tolerate it uh, anymore and uh, you know you, you cannot go out till four o'clock at night and uh, start training at eight o'clock <laughs> that doesn't work you know and uh, so you have to focus more on to um to well, I don't have a question for you there I was just going out of my head um No, you lost it. I totally <laughs> lost it. Which breaks my heart. Anyway, we'll, we'll be cheering for you on the sidelines. We'll be making sure you stay in that top 10 on Saturday and uh, we'll look out for the rest of your team. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, thank you very much for, for giving up so much time and giving me a beer. I'm very happy with my uh, Ederinger beer. Ederinger. Yeah. Ederinger. Fantastic. Thanks, yeah, thanks very much for your time. That's been wonderful. Good luck on Saturday and good yeah. luck for next year. Kicking ass. <laughs> thank you very much. Bring it on. Oh. So next up, there's Ferris. We're just going to chuck Blinder on right now. Here's Blinder. And we do, to, we do make a point when we start this interview. Wait a second, before we actually talk to Belinda. Talking about... Yeah, so, so, so John got a little bit lost. She, she, he, she didn't know John used to get a bit lost. But he did redeem himself. Pulled through. He did pull through. And so we get to the bottom of this, of this kind of gated community and we open up the gates and it kind of goes uphill and we're thinking to ourselves, oh, it can't be that bad. So away we go. It was a serious climb. Must, how, how high do you reckon it must have been? I don't know, but we, we had to climb. You have to climb up to the Queen K first. And admittedly, I did take us up past the Queen K all the way up Palami. <laughs> we said this isn't right. We had to come all the way back down again, and yeah. then we had to go back up again. I don't know. It, well, it wasn't ridiculously high, but it was pretty steep. It was and pretty it was steep. Pretty hot. And it wasn't a good time Bevan, to be wearing your jandals. Bevan had jandals, <laughs> and he had the computer on his back. So, so we got there, and the first thing she said was, "Do you guys want towels?" Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we must have looked good. So here's Melinda Granger. She's a champ. Here we go. Who needs harder to work on focus than I do, which is, is a big thing, isn't it? John, who is it? Belinda Granger. We have, I have been trying to get you for a while, but you've changed, you, some stage along the way, you changed your email address. So I managed to get it through Hillary, and so Hillary's our connection. So welcome along to the show, Belinda Granger. It's very, very good to finally be here. And, and believe me, boys, I have been wanting to be on your show. I actually thought you didn't want me on your no, show. No, no, we do. That and was every, the problem. Every time I was on route, we never made it happen either. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Yeah. But I, I know about your show. 
I remember when John said, oh, you might not know about a show. I'm like, of course I know about your show. Everyone knows about your show. <laughs> oh, Hillary know. listens to your show religiously. Every See, we time love Hillary. She's our favourite. We love you. Oh, yeah. She is a cool important. chick. Of course she's she is. On tomorrow. You've got her on tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Good. Yeah. That's yeah. good. So um, that's obviously Kona, a couple of days away. One of the things I was going to ask you is you've got, you know, you're, you're around, good swimmer, really strong biker, steady runner. When you steady, go, that's, a nice, that's, that's been very generous. <laughs> <laughs> when, when you go into a race like this where you're not the strongest runner in the field, what, does that affect the way you, your, your game plan? Are you going out there and go, I've just got to get away from these girls? Or how do you sort of play it on the day? Look, this will be my eighth Ironman Hawaii, and definitely I can tell you the last seven that was, that had been the plan is to get a lead off the bike because I know that I'm never going to be able to run the three-hour marathon times that these girls are running now, and yeah. more and more girls are running it. You know, the sub three ten run time, which used to be amazing, is now almost stock standard. Mm. So yeah, definitely the plan is to have a solid swim, and I've really improved my swimming for this race, and then to have a solid ride. I am not going to play it the same way this year as I have done in the past. Before I've had to go off by the front of the bike by myself because there has been no one else. Yep. But this year, I think all the girls that have got a legitimate chance of getting top three or even trying to take the win of Chrissy, if they do not ride as hard as they possibly can, they are never ever going to get them. Yeah. So that works to my advantage because yeah. I'm going to have friends out there this time. Mm. So I'm not going to be out there on the bike on my own. I think there's going to be a group of us of probably 10 girls out of the swim and there's some good riders there and they are all going to have to work really hard to try and, and lower that deficit between us and Chrissy. Do, do you have that talk before the race? You know, do you, do you go in and say, look, you know, like, you know, Chrissy's this bloody godlike figure in our mm. sport at the moment, and you know, my only chance to get there is if I can work with you. Do you actually have that conversation with other athletes? Do you know, not as much as we think. The boys do. I think the boys do it a lot more, but yeah. the girls, it's always been a real individual sport. However, this year, I think they're finally starting to realise that strategy comes into play. That yeah. if they want any chance, that they have to start strategising yeah. and. You know, Joe, Lorne and I, we're really good mates and yep. we've talked about it because we're very similar athletes in the swim and the bike. Yeah. She's a much better runner, but, you yeah. know. Um, and so we have had talks about what we need to do, um, what other girls we think we can we can use to try and work together. You look at the boys. You know, you don't see the boys, apart from the gun cyclists, the boys are smart. They ride together. Macca and Crowey know exactly what to do, where yeah. they need to be on the bike so that when they get off, they just say, thanks, boys, see you later, and yeah. just run away <laughs> into the distance. Yeah. And these girls, it's no use waiting for me to set the pace on the bike because I'm not going to do it this year. I I need to conserve a little bit of energy so that I can run. I've been, Justin has been doing every, and I mean every single run session with me since I'm in Canada. Every single session with the Garmin on, pacing. So I genuinely feel like my run has improved, but putting it together after a 180k bike, I mean. Let's say say another athlete came up to you, maybe someone like Joe, who's kind of, of that level where they maybe could win on a great day and they say, look, I'll give you 20 grand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To help, yep. Would you consider it? Oh, I don't know if I'd take it that far. I would definitely work legally with a group of girls. But not even to cheat, but, but you know. No, like, no, no, absolutely. Yeah, but, yeah. but to actually take money for it, I don't know. Well, it's not legal, is it? No, it's not illegal. And it, I, I can tell you now, I guarantee you now it has happened. Yeah, I'm sure it has. Whether it's happened here in, in Ironman Hawaii, I don't know, but I can guarantee it's happened in other races. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure the boys are probably more open to it because I feel like the boys are always that little step ahead of us. As in how they play the game. Exactly, how they yeah. play the game. And I think the girls are only just starting to realise now because Chrissy is so dominant that they, they have to think of other ways to try and, and 
get closer to it because at the moment it's it's first place in daylight. Yeah, yeah. So it's the um, you've you've been here long enough now that you I think you probably would have been here before they had the separate pro star. Mm. Um, yep. Has, oh, that, yeah. has that changed the the race's dynamic for the female race very much? It has. It definitely it's definitely better, mm-hmm. but not brilliant. And mm. I. Well, I really, it's not enough. Oh. In other Ironman races around the world where the age group field isn't as elite, yep. then it's enough. So Ironman Canada, 15 minutes, you barely even pass by any age group men. Yep. In this race, it's not enough because you've still got so many pro, good pro girls that to me are, are pretty ordinary bike riders but great runners. And mm. as soon as they get caught by those age group men, mm. that pack's enormous. I see it coming back from Harvey. Last year, I remember riding back from Harvey, it's probably five kilometres out of Harvey, and the pack of, of pro girls, and I know because I know who they are, Mm. mixed in with age group men it, it's a joke mm. so really this race we need a 30 minute start that would make this race perfect yeah, that's what you want to. Uh, it would be perfect then none of the girls would have to worry about age group men catching them and having to drop back which is always a question asked at the pro briefing what do we do mm-hmm. um, and then we wouldn't get caught up in the in the pro in the age group men's race which is good for them they don't want us there either mm. so i think it would be better for everyone and it would make it an, a fair race swim bike run for the pro girls this is an experience kind of you know you've been on the scene for a while do they do, do WTC actually talk to you guys about the rules and stuff, or do you just pretty much get a notice saying, "Hey, this is what we're doing"? Um, you know what? I don't think we've ever really tried. Well, if everyone just says, "Oh, WTC make their own rules and that's yeah, it," but yeah. but you know that they are reasonably open. Yeah. I know that Jimmy Riccatello today at the pro briefing, he knows that fifteen minutes isn't ideal. Yep. It's better, but yep. it's not ideal. And I think eventually they they'll be forced to make it thirty minutes. But one thing I've noticed this year is we've all been complaining about drug testing because yep. as far as I'm concerned, drug testing post-race is not good enough yep. um, and they're not doing enough of it. To their credit, they all knew that we were arguing about this, that we were all fighting for it. I know of at least eight pro athletes that have been tested in the last three days. Oh, really? So, yeah, brilliant. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and and, and even when I left the, press, uh, the pro briefing then, Leander Cave, Sandra Vollenhurst, uh, Mickey Algona, they're all being tested. So mm. do you think someone's going to come up? No, I don't think so. I, I think... That doesn't mean I think it's a completely clean field. Yeah. But I, I think um, I think they're probably a little step ahead. But you know, in in, in the WTC's defence, they are making an effort. They yep. are doing everything that they can possibly do mm. at, with the resources they've got at the time to make sure that, that this is a clean race, mm. which mm. is better than no testing at all. Oh, but yeah. if you ask me that, if if I think every single pro athlete lining up on race day is clean, and then I I'm not going to lie. No, I don't. Oh, wow. no. Name some names. No. <laughs> <laughs> that I don't know. I just, yeah, I just, I just know. You have your suspicions. I have my, yeah, yeah. We all have our suspicions, but yeah. you know, there's always a lot of drug talk, and, and I think the most important thing with it is that you do not, um, you do not say names unless you're 100 percent sure, because yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. horrible. Because, yeah. There's been a lot of um, gossip over the last year or so about Team BB, and when yourself, Hillary, and Chrissy left last year. A lot of people are saying different stories. I mean, was it for you more of a commercial decision or mm. what was your sort of desire to leave? Oh, look, it was 100% commercial decision. I mean, I think Brett Sutton is by far the greatest triathlon coach in the world. And why? why? We, don't, we don't know much about the guy. You know, why, oh, why is he such a good coach? He's just, he's a, if you heard this now, me selling him as a special man. He's, <laughs> and I can only talk from the girls. I'm not sure if he's quite cracked how to coach men yet. Yep. I can only talk purely as a female and how he how he works with the females and he is brilliant because he doesn't just coach his athletes on their physical abilities he probably coaches us more on our individual personalities so he he finds out what makes each individual tick what makes us work what doesn't and that's how he coaches us yeah so obviously the way he coaches me and my personality would be completely different to the way he coaches Chrissy because she's yep. a different girl yep. to the way he coaches Bella Comerford who's yep. different again and 
he's got this uncanny knack of being able to know exactly what makes you tick, what makes you work, what gets the most out of you, and that's how he how he coaches you. And it's it's pretty. It's, I don't know what it is exactly. If we did, we'd we'd all be selling it and yeah, using it. But yeah. it's amazing. So is it more? Do you think it's more of the Brett Sutton factor in terms of yeah, as you said, understanding what makes you tick, or is that? Is that team dynamic really a big thing, or do you do a lot of your stuff by yourself? Oh, look, there's definitely team dynamic there, especially when you go away on the camps. And I know that the girls have just been on a camp in, in Jeju, and I was on that same camp last year. And it's, the only one people that go to Jeju are the, uh, the girls and guys that have qualified for Kona and that are racing Kona. Yep. So everyone's there with the same objective, to get as fit as they possibly can for the Ironman mm. World Championships. And there is amazing camaraderie. And no, you don't do all the sessions together. And that's the great thing about Brett. That's another thing he does. He knows exactly when to send you out on your own. He knows exactly when to send you with one or two others or when to send everyone out as a big group together because he does that too. And, and And he knows just when to add the right amount of competition and when to take it out, when so to take it away. So he's really good at reading the athlete. Oh, amazingly so. And and he really does know, like he, he knows new things about me that I didn't even think he knew. Yeah. And you, you try and pull the wool over his eyes and forget it. It's a waste of time. He just knows. He so, knows. So, so last year you pulled away. So it sounds like you're pretty, you know, there's lots of positives about mm. the environment. What made you want to pull away then? And everyone says, why did you pull away then? It was so good. If I was 28 years of age and starting my career, I would still be with him, without a doubt. I would have joined the team, stayed with the team. It's a great team, great concept. My biggest issue is that I've been in the sport for a long time. I've busted my butt to get the sponsors I've got. It's taken me a long time to get to the position I am in the sport, and I just wasn't willing to give them up to join the team. And because the team got their own sponsors, and we knew this from the start that this was the way the team was going to happen, so there was no shock. Yeah, it was clear. Yeah, it was clear. I knew it. Um, And so I was given quite a long time to make that decision. And finally, after Hawaii last year, when they secured quite a few sponsors, um, I had to change. And Justin and I, financially, really just could not afford to stay. We were making really good money from the sponsors I've got now because I've been with a lot of my sponsors for a long time. K-Swiss also came on board and offered me a fantastic sponsorship, which I couldn't refuse, and and they've been amazing. And the same with SIPO. So... In the end, it was a financial decision purely. And at my age, I, I really had no choice. I yeah. mean, I've only got probably another two or three years at this level. So I had to think about the financial mm. side of things. Mm. Whereas a lot of girls and guys in the, in the team now are very mm. young. A lot of them don't even have any sponsors. So this has been a dream come true for them. Yeah, yeah, it certainly does. So yeah. what are you doing with coaching now then? Justin. Okay. <laughs> Poor bugger. <laughs> <laughs> used to coach me a long time ago and he got me to a certain level and you know I won quite a few Ironmans being yeah. coached by him but we found that that's the reason we went to Brett because we found I wasn't getting any worse but I wasn't getting any better yeah so that's why we originally went to Brett for those three years and I'd been umming and ahhing about going to Brett forever I wish I had have actually done it earlier yeah. um but now he's coaching me again and he's been really good about it because it's not easy to coach me Really? Oh, I think I've aged him 10 years, but... <laughs> hey, so in terms of the, the training you do, you've done this year, has it been similar to yeah. what you've done in the past? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I, I had actually had to talk to Brett about it when I left because he said, you know, Belinda, there are no hard feelings. You are bright enough. You've been doing it long enough to know what works for you. Don't change what you've been doing. It's working. Mm. And, and if I ever had any issues, I could always email him or ring him and he would yeah, talk them out with it, me. Yeah. And often if I do something a little silly, like this year I did Honu Half here and won, and then the next week... Flew all the way across to Connecticut and did the did the Rev three half, which I had a terrible race. Oh. And he actually emailed me and said that was that was your only mistake so far. Yep. He said thinking you could back up after because of surgery, and yep. I hadn't been back in regular pro, a training oh. program. He said you made a mistake. You tried to do two races back to back. He said you could normally do that, but not after surgery. Well, 
Hello. You, you, you've um, you've you, you race the challenge races. You race. You do the order. Yeah. Races. I'm just a tart. I'm a race tart. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. It's good. <laughs> we, 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 we turn you a floozy. Bit. Yeah, floozy. Yeah, floozy. That's a good word. Um, Are you good at it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah exactly. we, we've both done the challenge races. Challenge Wanaka. Challenge Road. Um, this Rev series. I mean, we, we were just looking in the Triathlete magazine on the way over, and it was like three pages of. One race had 150,000 mm. prize money, one had 100, and one had 50. I mean, wh- wh- what's going on with these races? It's pretty good money when you compare it to a lot of the it Ironman is. races. And you know, the reason that I do all of these races because they are genuinely all great races. I'm not against WTC. I love Ironman MDOT races. I do at least three a year, and, yeah. and, and then plus several 70.3s. And I think WTC runs some fabulous races. Obviously, we know challenge races are the mm. best. And, and to me today, uh, you know, I challenge Rod was still my favourite race in the world. It's yeah. amazing. And Felix has done a, a super job with his race series. And then now with Heather, Heather Golnick and Charlie, who have started up, um, and Heather's husband, Todd, who have started up Rev3, they've stepped, the, the, stepped, the, um, stepped it up again with offering really good prize money because, you know, we've been on the same prize money at WTC for a long time. Yeah. I mean, I started doing Ironman in 1999, and the prize money at Ironman Australia was 50000 Yeah, it's still... It's still... It's not... Australia's gone up a little, but in most other Ironman races, it's still 50000 prize purse. Yeah. I mean, we're now 2009. Yeah. That's 10 years. Yeah. And so we know entry like prices have gone up, yeah, so... Yeah. And cost of, cost of being an athlete. Oh, absolutely. What? Like, exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's crazy. So that's the only gripe I have with um, WTC and it's something that Heather Golnick and her crew have, have because Heather being a pro athlete she knows exactly what that's all about so she's providing a series now that's got some really great prize money how are the races going like I know because the key to those races are getting you know the age group mm. group is along so of course uh, how are they going well the first one that I did which was the inaugural race was yeah. um the Rev3 race at Connecticut was was fantastic. Really? It had a good, a really good group of professionals, which you expect to get because they they did a lot for the pros. Yeah. They invited us all along. They provided us with homestay and accommodation. Yeah. Great prize money for a half Ironman distance yeah. race. But they actually got a, a lot of age groupers, and they did a lot for the age groupers. I saw the the bags that they'd get yeah. that the age groupers got. Really great things inside. It wasn't a race that was just centered around the pros by yeah. any stretch of the imagination. It was a, a family race. Was on a on a, a site where they have um, a fun park. Yeah, we saw so, that. Oh, yeah. it was brilliant. So yeah. the family and they, everyone got free passes. So all the all oh, the families really? and you know yep. the kids got free passes and they could go on the slip the slides the water yeah. slides and the ga- and the rides and it was pretty so amazing. So it was a, kind of a whole day experience. Absolutely, yeah. It was yeah. really cool. It yeah. was it was good. And I think that Heather's, I think they're on the right track. And you know what? At the end of the day, competition is healthy for everyone. It's good for everyone. So I don't think it's good for one series to have a monopoly. Uh, do, you we think, need do you think someone can actually? Because America seems to be owned by WTC. Mm. You know, like the American market, it's all about Ironman Anderson over here and like ITU doesn't seem to even get it. No, I know, you know it's like amazing. It, it's yeah. so small. And, and so do you think anyone can, because they're so well established, actually come in and actually make an impact? In America, I think it's possible, okay. just because of the sheer numbers. It's yep. insane. We were just talking about this the other day with Shane Smith. If you look at membership numbers from... Triathlon New Zealand, yeah. Triathlon mm. Australia, and then here. Yeah. I mean, it's, it quadruples not even enough. It's, yeah. it's crazy how many. I think Triathlon Australia has something like 10,000 members, yeah. which in our overall population is, is it's, it's minuscule. Yeah. Whereas in USAT have got, I don't even know what the numbers are. But it's like 125,000. Yeah, it's madness. Really, it's wow. madness. So they've got the numbers. Mm. So, yeah, I definitely think that the series, that more than one series can dominate. And, you know, the crazy thing is every time I, I look on Ironman Live, there's a new 70.3 race starting yeah. Yeah. And they're still coming. Yeah. So I know WTC wouldn't put on more 70.3s if there wasn't a need for them. Yeah. So and they sell out straight away too, don't Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, there's waiting yeah. lists. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, in terms of the, the season, I mean, are you happy with how things have gone? It's been a very interesting season. 
I've, I've been happy with where I've trained, uh, training camps. I've been happy with with sponsorship. I've got amazing sponsors. But with personally with my own racing, no, not so happy. But mm. I've had a really rough year. It's been the most inconsistent year yeah, because you're not really consistent too, aren't you? Yeah, but I, I had major surgery in March, which was major surgery where they actually had to repair, and, or not even repair, replace an artery in my stomach oh, yeah. using a vein from my lower leg. So that took a lot longer than I gave it credit to yeah, get over. Yeah. And even once I was over it, I was back in training, just realising how much fitness and strength I'd lost in my legs. Oh, it was crazy. So I finally got back to where I thought was a reasonable level, and then, of course, I got hit by a car. Tuesday before Roth this year. Oh, I didn't and, know that. Oh, yeah. yeah. My, you know, my fingers got all banged up and I got a massive hematoma on the side of my quad and a big burn on my lower leg. And I probably would have been okay if I hadn't have done Roth that yeah. Sunday. But because mm-hmm. I, my body was in shock, my immune system was down, I was really... I mean, this, this hematoma was horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I made it definitely made it worse by doing the Ironman. But now, finally, I'm injury-free and it, everything's okay. Last year, I'm here... You had a really strong ride, didn't you? And then the road kind of went to bits. <laughs> went to bits. That's I, mean, what I, I, watched, I watched it in the back oh, of it. I was watching gosh. all hours. It was like, a I was like, Don't you good thing. You're out oh, front I know, of me. I know. Where's she going? Where's she? You know, the funny thing is, last year was my best position off the bike. I think I've come off the bike in third and fourth before. Yeah. But last year was the first time I got off the bike in second. And you, were, and you rode strong too. Yeah, yeah. I, felt, I felt okay, you know. I mean, it wasn't a phenomenal bike ride, but it wasn't bad. It yeah. was still up there with, with some of the good girls. And then I thought, okay, I just need to run my normal run time because my normal run time for here is around 321 yep. stock standard time for me yeah. and I thought if I just run that it, it, things will be okay I'll probably just slip into the top 10 it'll be yep. okay oh well I end up running like a 340 something and just a bad day oh barely get, yeah you know what it was I didn't blow up physically I blew up mentally oh, I really? did not want to hurt mm. anymore so you didn't want to push I didn't want to push Justin saw me and was like what the hell are you doing and I said you know what Justin I, I don't want to do it so what's going to happen this weekend if you get to that point? She's going to see us and we're going to say, yeah. later. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, I want to hear it. No, yeah. He's already told me he's not going to hear it. Yeah. But, you know, I came into this race last year pretty tired. Okay. I'd done four Ironman distance races, three or four half Ironman distance races, and I was, sm- I was smashed. Yeah. This year I'm hungry. One, because I had such a shocker here last year. And yeah. two, because, I, because of my injuries and my surgery, I haven't been able to race nearly as much. Yeah. So I don't think mentally it's going to be an issue this year at all. And will that be the end of the season here, or will you carry on and do anything else? Yeah, end of the official season, uh, but I'm definitely contracted to do a little sprint distance race up on Hamilton Island, Yeah, oh, which course. yeah, which is cool. And then, of course, my favourite race of the year, Phuket. The Phuket. Love that race. race. I, I love that race. Is it the one you won, John? No, but I did uh, get second to Peter. But Peter Reid was third that, that year. Yeah. Oh, not bad. Yeah, yeah. this is claimed to fame. How Lee's. long ago was that? that Before was, my time or uh, not? 1993. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 99. Wow, not bad. Yeah. That's when I first started Ironman. Right. Huh. Oh, Gee, you've been in the sport a long time. I know. <laughs> I, thought been, I thought I'd been in the sport for a long time. <laughs> hey, what? what about the men's race? You know, like, oh, yeah. yeah what, what do you think about the men's race? Because I know the problem with Ironman is that last year's winner always becomes the most popular for of course, the you know, of like course, of course. There's not so much depth in the way people look at the race. No, and so, they just remember Crow last was great year. last year. Uh-huh, uh-huh. He's yeah. instantly going to win it this year. And, you know, like, you do look at Crow and you think, well, shit, he's looking pretty good. But what's your thoughts on the race? I, um, I love one of my favourite things in the bike ride in the in the race on Saturday is trying to get out to Harvey as quickly as possible because I want to see what guy's going to be coming back at me first. Yeah, I know the girls probably don't even care about that; they're just concentrating on their own race. But you know me, I'm yeah. I get bored shitless. After, so <laughs> I like to see what's going on in the men's race. I find it exciting and I feed off it. So I remember last year seeing Chris Liato off the front and thinking, "Oh my God, he's got the best lead!" Blah blah blah. And then of course seeing that massive train, you know, mm. I thought, "Oh, maybe yeah. not." 
But anyway, look, definitely Crow is still one of the favourites. I've seen him training this year in, in Boulder, and he's he is brilliant. He's yeah. looking really good. But there's still a lot of other guys that are up there. I know Marino um, had a not a great race last year, and he's Beat Marino in the Timaru Triathlon. The oh, <laughs> gee, there you go. Well, he's he's definitely uh, he's gone downhill. He's Big time. <laughs> well, you probably you probably demoralised him for good. Poor yeah. Bates, taking him this long to get back yeah, up there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But I think he's a real chance, and you know, Nico Lanos is a real chance. Yeah. Uh, Maka. I mean, the thing with Maka, the thing I that I don't know if Maka can win it this year. I have no idea. But one thing you know is that he'll give it a red hot go. Yep. He's he, and he'll he, play. He, he'll he have a good play. Same confidence this year, does he? No, he's been, and you know maybe he's um no not the confidence, but maybe it's just the whole he's not. Bringing the smack so much. No. If you know no, what I mean? Like, no. in the last, last five, six years, or last three or four years at least, you know, he's been bringing the smack and yeah. it's all about Mecca. And, you know, and I know last year he pulled away at the press conference, but he didn't come to the press conference. But, you know, you kind of, there's a presence around him. Where I know. You're not feeling that, are you? Yeah. Could be new tactics for it him. Could yeah, be, maybe, it maybe could it is. be. You and know. he's a wise man, don't get me yeah. wrong. So oh, I, let like, me tell you, the one thing that people don't, because he always comes across, across as the happy go lucky character. Yeah. He's as cunning and as, and, as, and as intelligent as anyone out there. And, yeah. and he's probably plays the game. Better than anyone. Yep. And he's, I think a lot of people are going to learn some things from him is that he doesn't, race day for him doesn't start on Saturday. It started months in advance when he starts yeah. talking the talk and, and just little jibs and jabs that he puts in there to start the seeds of doubt growing in the other athletes' heads. Yeah. But I think he'll definitely play a big role in the, in the outcome of the race, whether that yep. means he's first or second or third. But I definitely think that he will, he will be strategizing all day. Mm-hmm. And I think we'll, yeah, he will change the race from what he does. Yeah. It'll be interesting. I mean, I just hope some of the guys that are really strong bikers really have a really good crack and try yeah. and break it up. They really need to break that men's pack up. I mean, not being nasty, but it was a disgrace last year. Really? I thought it was... I'm not saying it was blatant drafting, but yeah. it was It was obvious that those boys were getting a lot of help. Yeah. It was huge. And I just felt sorry for the Taborn Simbalis and the Chris Liados who really try and have a go off the front. Yeah. And um, hopefully there's enough guys this year you know, with Rasmus Henning and Norman and um, Chris Liado and a few other good, solid bike riders that will have a good crack at it and get mm. and try and split that group up. But, I mean, I don't really know. Those front guys never seem to work together, but do they? Like, they don't really... If you get, like, three or four of those oh, guys I know, that's... And... Absolutely. I mean, I wish they would. I yeah. wish they would work together on the bike because there are some brilliant cyclists in those boys. Yeah. Really yeah. brilliant. But you're not going to be able to do it on your own. No. Not when you've got a pack of 30 behind. No, no. So yeah, it makes it tough. But I'll tell you one girl that I reckon's going to, okay, I don't know if she, she might not get top three, but I think she's definitely top five material that no one's talking about because exactly what you said, people only remember the winner from last year. Yeah. I don't remember anything else. Is Natasha Budman. I see. She's in my top five. I tell you. <laughs> you have done that top five. Top she's in such good form. Yeah. Really? Was, really? Yeah. Brilliant. Really? People don't realise she's been racing. I, she's, I think she's undefeated almost. Apart from Marinda beating her in the Rev Three race, she's undefeated over the half Ironman distance this year in the states. Oh really? And she's been riding like a maniac. Really? Ah, oh, unbelievable. And okay, she's going to give away a bit in the swim, but she, she'll still ride through a stack of the girls on the bike. Yeah. And <clears throat> she can run, but because she hasn't completed an Ironman for a couple of years since she got hit, yeah. People have forgotten about her. She's off the radar. Yeah. But she's not off my radar. Yeah. I know yeah, she's, she's going to be up there. Yeah. She comes by. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm expecting her. To, it wouldn't surprise me if she catches us. Yeah. She's that good. You know, you're saying you're kind of like two or three years left in the sport. Do you think about the afterlife? Yeah, I try, you know what? Of course I do, but I try not to because this is my life. It's been yeah. my life for 20 years and, yeah. and Justin's as well. It's not as if it's just mine. Yeah. It's something that we live together and it, and it is definitely a lifestyle for us now. It's not yeah. just a, way, a, a means for me to make money or, or my job. 
mm. it's it's our life and so it, it actually is really depressing to think about not racing to think about not coming here so i will always i was telling the guys at nbc yesterday i will always be a part of this sport and I'll worm my way into any job possible. Yeah, just, just start a podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I need You're to do. Millions, I'll I tell you. <laughs> that's, why, that's why you had to write up this bloody Yeah, I heard you guys are millionaires. <laughs> she, she failed to tell us that she's staying at the top of Mont Ventoux. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's my secret. That's my trick to make me strong. Have you and Justin manage... Because you're, you're in your space. I know, you're oh, especially yeah. training. But, you know, like, he, he's been your coach. You're, you're living together. You're travelling. Like, how do you guys manage... That it is, is a relationship. It is tough because you know we live out of each other's pockets twenty four seven, and especially this like last six weeks since I'm in Canada, because he's basically done every single training session for yeah. me. And I definitely think it's a lot harder on him than I than okay. what it is on me. He's got good tolerance. Because he has. I yeah. mean, he's the most, that's one. That's probably the most important thing I learnt from Justin with Ironman is patience because yep. I certainly don't have it. But he's slowly but surely teaching me how to do it. I think it's a waste of time, really. But anyway, no, he's he. I'm lucky that he's the sort of personality he is. You know, he's cool, calm. Yeah. Uh, he, he's so mild mannered and, and mild tempered. I've brought him over the edge quite a few times, <laughs> and we've seen sides that no one really wants to see. <laughs> but but on the whole, I think we do it really successfully. It's a really even. It's an even relationship, and this week's the last two weeks have all been about me so yeah. everything's been about me it's centered around me but as soon as saturday afternoon comes and i cross that finish line it ref- it stops being about me and then yeah. we're going to maui for a week with my parents and it's going to be all about him do you go back home much we do we'll be back we normally home it's normally six months six months okay so we'll be home in at the end of october and we'll stay there till probably may and you love that yeah I, we're up at noosa i love it yeah. we're, we'll definitely we just sold our unit in sydney actually before we came over here and when we get back, we'll definitely buy a house in Noosa so we have a permanent address instead yeah. of having to house mind and yeah. live, live out of mum and dad's pockets. And yeah, yeah so that'll be good. Yeah. 38 uh, years of age, it's a bit much. I'm <laughs> uh, looking forward to talking to you in the, uh, the press conference after the race. Oh, I hope so. That would be nice. It's we get our media passes, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they haven't got them yet? Oh, I'll tell you about that off the, oh, off the air. Off the, off the air, yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a, a private one, a private so, conversation. Uh, do you have a website or anything like that? I have a blog site, which yeah. is... Do you um, blog much? Not very much. I'm terrible. <laughs> uh, you know what? It's, it's so you, funny. That's why you did a podcast, because you're a talker. Exactly. It, it, that's the problem. Yeah. People seem to think, because I am known for my talking. I mean, yeah. my, my email address is BJ Megamouth, <laughs> which I did not make up, by the way. And I do love talking. I love socialising. And so I think people... Th- thought that my blogs would be up to date every yeah. because you know Hillary's brilliant with mm. her blogs every yeah. and, and another girl Brie Wee who's on the island yep. brilliant with her blogs me useless yeah useless. writing's a different thing I don't isn't like it? writing I prefer to socialise to interact so yeah. but I do have a blog and it's um, www.blogspot.belinda you'll be posting on there next year sometime we'll just have so, to get you on more regularly yeah I, I prefer to do this, this you could be, you can be a female you know yeah. perspective oh, perfect oh, and, and you know I'm that's why NBC invite me back each year I mean I had a shocker race here last year and I got out there and I said why do you want me this year they said because you're in the know when you're doing you the NBC stuff and it goes on the big mainstream do you actually get noticed does it give you much exposure to the general public? Well, last year it did because I was on it more than I've ever been on it before. Really? And I had the worst race of my life and I, I starred on it. I was on there almost as much as Chrissy. But only because <laughs> yeah. I said the right there. Yeah, because they like me because I'm honest. Because yeah. when I go out there and do and they ask me questions, I don't give them the answers I think they want. I yeah. just tell them what I think. Yeah. Like, it's the truth. Yeah. And they love that. Yeah. So, but did you, did you notice the exposure that got you? or was it, is it No, I did. Oh, really? I did. It actually helped me pick up. Really? One of my sponsors, yeah. Wow. Nice. Because that, that NBC program is shown across yeah, America. It's, it's huge. Yeah. yeah. It's huge. Yeah. So, no, it's pretty good. 
Very good. Well, thank you very much for your time. Thank and, you. Uh, we'll be screaming you on. Yeah, oh, yeah, I need it. When we talk Especially to you after the race, we'll do it at race headquarters. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Although we, that pool is looking pretty good out there. Oh, yeah. yeah we won't yeah. come up this hill again. No, unless you've got a car. <laughs> yeah. At least you know it's an easy ride back down. Yeah, well, yeah, that's you what I'm saying. You won't even have to pedal. I have my jandals on. I have my jandals on running up this hill. I'm crying. Oh, I wasn't in my happy place. Some of the runs I've done this week... Because Justin said that you're not allowed to run up this way. No, of course no. not. So he'd, um, I'd go for a run and then I'd tell him what time to meet me at the gate and he'd drive down the hill. Yeah. Get the car. Well, you'd need to because we're going up and you've got the numbers on the house. And I thought, oh, it must only be about four houses up. And John goes, nah, you've got like another 120. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> it's awful. And then we were, trying to, we were trying to explain to everyone, like my mum and dad arrived late last night and I knew it was going to be dark. I said, Mr. Chong will be out the front meeting you because did you see the giant statue? No. Uh, so what, what have you named him, Justin? Ge- Genghis Khan? Yeah, Genghis Khan. Genghis Khan. Khan. Nice. It's hilarious. We'll so. check it out. Yeah. All right, mate. Well, you have a good race this weekend. Thanks, Kick guys. Thank you. Okay, that was Belinda Granger. So we're just going to check on all the little bits and pieces. Listen out for the girl with the suit. <laughs> the girl with the suit. The white suit, that 20% heart rate down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. But anyway, she was a nice girl. We had a little bit of fun She was pretty her. hot. And so when you're listening through this, we've got Peter Reid in there. We've got Rudy Garcia in there, yep. who is the, the guy who's won uh, Olympic gold medals, uh, had it amputated from the age of five, um, from just above the knee because he couldn't straighten his legs, and he's going to be attempting his first Ironman. We've got the guy, the Olympic gold winner for the 10,000 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, metres, 10K meters. swim from Beijing, from, uh, from Holland. He was a big unit too, wasn't he? Was he a big unit, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then we've got a few random people. Um, we played a little game. Kelly Jones. Kelly Jones. And we're getting Chrissy Wellington for the race. Right, nosy. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Everyone's on there. Okay. So here we go. So John and I are out on the boat here. We're looking at the the what is this Pacific Ocean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Of course it is. I'm not too good with that crap, John. No, no. I've got a question. Okay. We can uh, we can verify this when we get back. I was trying to think yesterday who finished third last year in the men's race. The boom, that was the year before, wasn't it? I think the year before was uh, Chilbourne, Zimbabwe. He got second, didn't he? No, I think he got third. I reckon it was Rad Kabiki, but I'm not 100% sure yeah, on that. It was something like that. Yeah. Question is, John, and this is a big question really, I don't think you put much thought into it this year, but last year you had the great call, the 33rd. Who's going to get 33rd this year? Got you, John? Make the call now. Make the call now. I will go with Rasmus Henning. Rasmus Henning, you're pulling it. Oh, I think you're going bad there. Hey, but I've got, got, got some stories from today's swim. I, I was swim, swam out to the uh, same point as yesterday, which I think is about 1,200, 1,300. Swimming out, quite excited, saw a shark. I was even more excited when the shark was on the bottom of the seafloor. Yep. Away from me. It was a really good size. Yep. Kept on swimming. Saw a s- yeah, I'll tell you about that. Yeah. And, uh, and then I carried on. Saw some dolphins. Probably saw about 20 dolphins on the bottom of the seafloor. Then I turned around point. Came back. Then when I was coming back, I saw a whale or something something coming towards me. I thought, what the hell? I got to get, get, get out of the way. Get out of the way. Who was it? And then I realised it was Bevan. Oh, where's the love? <laughs> oh, I'm feeling the love, I tell you. That's what I love about you, John. How, how did that swim feel for you? You, you, know, you swam probably you know, two, 2K, maybe two and a half? Yeah, probably two, yeah. Uh, 
definitely, you definitely feel you're slower when you haven't swam for a while, I'll tell you that much. It does feel slow when you swim in seawater with a few little bumps and stuff, so... It's just when other people are passing and you can't actually stay on their toes, it kind of breaks your heart. Yeah, but I did enjoy it. It's beautiful swimming here because the water's so clear, so you, you can watch the, the ocean bottom the whole time, and it's, it's a pretty special place to swim, eh? Yeah, it is. There's still plenty of people around, so it's Thursday today. I think we'll see lots of people probably just swimming out the boat tomorrow and then heading back in, just a nice short swim. Yep. But, uh, yeah, today's probably going to be, for a lot of people, I think a day off training. Bring it on, mate. It's on, mate. It's on like Donkey Kong. Everyone's bringing the cameras out. They are bringing the cameras out, that's right. Yeah, it's beautiful. Right here, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got Peter Reed here by the boat on the coffees of Hawaii. How are you feeling, mate? Uh, a little tired, a little tired. I haven't swam in a while. You haven't? No, no longer swimming, are you? No, well, I uh, got a full-time job, so it was harder to swim, but I got some time off now, so trying to get back into some kind of normal fitness. Yeah. So what does Peter Reed do when he comes to uh, Kona this week? I uh, I go on very short rides, short swims and short runs, but uh, every time I'm out there I get, definitely get flashbacks of the days when I was racing, so it's a pretty surreal experience just to be jogging along Ali and then all of a sudden remember, oh my god, I remember running down here in first place and kind of reliving the moments a little bit in my head, so it's been it's a bit of a rush. Does this give you the itchy feet? Oh, definitely. Every time I come here and I watch the race, I go away thinking, oh, I should come back. And it lasts for a few weeks, then I realize how much work's involved, and I just can't do that anymore. Serious questions. Wax or shave? Oh, definitely wax. Okay, but Peter, do you use face moisturizer? Uh, I tend to let the natural body fluids do their yes. thing. Yes. Peter, you're disappointing me, mate. You're disappointing me. So what are your, what are your predictions for this weekend? Uh, definitely watching Craig Alexander race last year, he was just so smooth and um, I think he's done everything right this year as well and I've crossed him a few times this week and he just looks totally in the zone and I think he's really figured this race out uh, mentally and physically. Um, and there's always a few guys, I'm definitely rooting for Tim DeBoom, a good friend of mine and uh, we'll see how it goes, it should be an interesting race. And the ladies side of things? I'm uh, completely out of the loop other than Chrissy Wellington. <laughs> Kind of everyone else knows. So what are you doing for the rest of the week, mate? Just cruising? Yeah, we're going to go out and swim Captain Cook tomorrow, see the monument, do a little bit of rides, and uh, just get ready for the huge viewing day on Saturday. Can you have questions? No. No, John's got no more questions for you. Hey, mate, thanks for your time. All right, thanks, guys. Thanks. We've got our, our Russian representative here, Lilia. The only Russian representative. Oh, the only. Very good. So, are you racing this weekend? Yes. And uh, what's your own prediction for your race time? 11.30, I'll be happy. 11.30 is a good day. What about race predictions for the pros? Oh, hopefully sub-9 for women. Yep. Sub-8 for men. <laughs> Can you say in Russian, um, I love I am talk? I'm sorry, I love what? I am talk. Oh, okay. Yeah, you blue. I am talk. Ah, oh, it's hot. It's hot, team. They run on the boat. Just got very excited. Thanks for your time. Have a good race. Here you go, Johnny. Right. Name, cereal, rank, country. Rank? Ah, uh, just. What? <laughs> Name and country. Something up. Yeah. Uh, Martin van der Weide in the Netherlands. And he is the Olympic gold medalist from Beijing. And the, the open water swim, how far was the open water swim? The, uh, it was 10 kilometers. 10 kilometers. How long did it take? Uh, one hour, 51 minutes. Okay, and purpose of being here this week? Yes, I'm, I'm here um, to help Blue 70 out. 
they helped me uh, a lot last year for giving me the, the right in the fastest suit. So it's a pleasure for me to help them out now. And do you, do you ever do any triathlons or have you done a triathlon? No, never. Never? No. You, you don't enjoy running? I enjoy running, but I'm so slow. Yeah. <laughs> so how, what, what side? You're, 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 a, you're a solid man. Your height and weight when, uh, when race fit? Um, <laughs> um, I'm 204, yeah. uh, and that's about 6'9. Yeah. Uh, and I'm waiting uh, when I was fit last year, but I'm waiting the same thing now. Uh, happily, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm waiting like 96 kilos. I'm, I'm not sure how many pounds that is. Yeah. And when you, when you won the Olympic gold in, in the Netherlands, I mean, does Netherlands win a lot of gold medals? So is it a big deal? Or I mean, are you recognisable on the street in New Zealand? We only get you know one gold one gold medal or something. So they're, they're massive. But do you get a lot of uh, recognition at home? I think the Netherlands got. I'm, I'm not sure. It's, it's a shame I don't know by heart anymore. But I think we won like six or seven gold. But I, I was the only male gold. Right. Uh, but during the, it was funny because during the time I was uh, completely bald. Yeah. And I got noticed and recognized a lot yeah. in the first weeks and first months but when my hair grew back it's all okay again uh, oh it's good and do, do you do a lot of practice of the um i noticed when they were handing out the drinks at the olympics it's quite quite an art form to grab a drink from your um support crew yes. and then carry on do you practice that a lot uh i've been practicing that for like seven years i've been doing yeah. open water swims uh, since 2000 yeah but the funny thing is uh all my competitors they had feeding sticks mm -hmm. of like three or four meters yeah, and yeah. when the whole group of those 25 people came it yeah. was quite crowded yeah i was the only swimmer who had a feeding stick of six meters <laughs> so it was very hard for all those 24 other guys but yeah, for yeah. me it was easy how many hours a day do you swim when you're training for a big event? I'm, I'm, um, I'm retired now, since uh, December last year. Yep. But I was uh, swimming for around uh, on, on, on big days for six, seven hours a day. Nice. That's and what I to do. and is, is long distance swimming, um, is it a career? Can you, can you make a living out of it? If, say you hadn't won the gold medal, is it a sport you can make money out of? It's, it's, it's quite hard. You can make make some, uh, but the, the, uh, in Holland the, the government is paying a lot of help to the to the, the to the athletes. Yeah. And if you make top eight level, they are just funding you, and they're not funding you a lot, yeah. but they are funding you to stay uh, swimming. Thank you very much for your time. We'll look for. Uh, we heard some rumors. Tom wants a race. Yeah. <laughs> So that island way down there and back. You do breaststroke kick <laughs> and I do freestyle and I think you'll still beat me. <laughs> but thanks very much for your time. You're welcome. Thank you. Okay, thanks mate. We're out on the boat and uh, we've got one of the challenge athletes here, a guy called Rudy Garcia. And there's a lot of talk about you around here mate because you're a bit of a legend. Uh, do you want to tell us your disability first of all? I'm a double amputee. Yeah. Above the knee. Above the knee. So basically, so where, where, where do your legs begin? Uh, I'm amputated through the knees, so I have my kneecaps and some other bones, but no knees, so. How, how do you find swimming? Swimming is the easiest. I've been swimming since I was uh, six years old, so. Okay. And so it's just all strong upper body stuff, is it? Yeah, it's just all upper body, so it's the easiest part for me. So, so what's the more challenging aspect then? Uh, the bike is a little challenging. Uh, I gotta use my glute muscles to power me up the, the hills, and I can't stand up on the, on the bike either, so 
kind of putting easy gear and just uh, take it take it one step by one. So uh, bike's challenging and the run's gonna be a little challenging too, but it'll be a good day. So is this your, you've done a 73.3 before. This is your first iron distance race. Yeah, I've done a few uh, 70.3s. This is my first uh, full Ironman, so uh, you know I, I get the chance to kind of show the world that uh, having no legs is only a challenge. Not it's not a disability. A real disability is a negative attitude. So wow, that's pretty amazing stuff. So on the race day, what's your, what's your strategy for the race to get through the race? Well, my goal is to finish. So uh, you know I I. I uh, I hope to make it off the bike hopefully in uh, about under eight hours and uh, and the run. Uh, I've been having trouble with my legs so the run's gonna hurt a little bit but uh, just uh, just make it through and, and hopefully finish. The goal is to finish so I'll be at that finish line. When you've got your leg braces on, what kind of technique do you use for your running? Because I noticed you don't have a huge amount of quad muscles here so it's obviously a lot of glute work happening. How, how do you mainly, how do, what kind of technique do you use for running? I, uh, I don't have knee, when I run I don't use knees so I swing my legs out. So, exactly, it's kind of like uh, swinging them out both ways, uh, and uh, I, I figured I, I could run a lot faster without knees. Yep. So, uh, you know, I, we'll probably be messing around with the height as well. I might start off uh, with little taller legs, and then towards the end, I might cut them down so I'm really short, so it's less uh, less trauma on the stump. So, well, what made you get into triathlon? I've been doing triathlon since I was. Uh, about nine years old, I did my first full triathlon when I was nine, and I uh, started doing relays, just the swim part, and uh, you know, I, it's just something I got, just got into, and uh, I love, I love it. I mean, it's just uh, something that I get to sweet, something I get, to, get, to, get to, you know, show people all around that, like I said, having no legs is only a challenge. So, well, uh, you know, this must be then one of your biggest goals. You know, you've obviously saw this event and thought to yourself, I'd love to do this one day. How, how is it for you to actually be here this week? It's uh, it's almost been unreal. It's almost like a dream, you know. Uh, I've been I've been waiting for this moment for a good ten years now, and to be here and to be in a big island of, of Hawaii, and uh, and to be a few days away from race day, it's uh, it's almost like I said, it's almost like a dream. But uh, I'm pretty sure it's real, and you know, everyone around has been very supportive. All my sponsors have been very supportive, and all the athletes out here are, are amazing. They're all it's like family, so it's been awesome. Are you nervous? What's up? Are you nervous about race day? Uh, not not really. Uh, I'm, I might get a little nervous before, but uh, nah, I'm, I'm pretty uh, pretty mellow for right now. We have some random questions on our show, and one of them is, do you use moisturizer on your face? And I know you're a young man, and you've got the youthful look, but do you use it yes or no? Uh, when I like work out and stuff? Yeah. No, I just... Oh no, but just everyday use. Everyday use? Yeah, I use... Uh, yeah, you're a wise man, I like this. Bit. Right, yeah, yeah, of course. You gotta use a little... Uh, yeah, especially if you're getting older, right? Eh? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> hey, well, good luck this weekend, mate. We'll be out there cheering you on and uh, keep up good work. Thank you very much. Hey, do you have a website people can go to just quickly? Challengeathletes.org. Great work. Right mate. Thanks for your time. Right. See ya. Do you want in your coffee? Oh, you got yours? In my memory, we haven't seen you race an Ironman, I don't think, since, is it 2007, is that correct? Last year. Last year? No, Arizona. last year you were commentating. Oh, Arizona. Arizona. And how did that go for you? A second. Second. Solid. You need to sort out your memory, mate. I do need to sort out my memory. And, I mean, have you changed anything this year, or has it been more or less uh, much the same? Changed a lot of things this year, actually. Like what? Divorced. Oh, really? <laughs> nice freedom. <laughs> um, you know, just just uh, staying in the gym a little bit longer, um, doing a bunch of short distance races early, then rolling into some more 70.3s. Um, 
Yeah, that's about it. I have to go a little bit personal with this, and you can tell me to bugger off if you want. Divorce, obviously. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. But divorce obviously has a lot of stress around it as well, but also gives you a lot of freedom. So, how have you found managing the stress of that, but also the freedom you get with the freedom of not having a partner around? You know, anger is very, very good. It really when, so when you raise, good energy for you. Yeah, when you raise, it's like, you know, it's a, a way to vent your anger. So, you know, it's one of those things that happens, and it happens for, and I'm, I'm much happier, so that's yeah. good. And I think that's reflected a lot in my last couple of months of racing. Really? So you've been able to, to focus that energy into your training and racing, and, and you feel that's giving you the benefit like out on the field. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's been so many things that happened in, in, in my life since I did my last Ironman. It's yeah. like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I got through all that. But, you know, I just want to have a good, solid race, enjoy it, and, and uh, see what happens out there. So how do you treat the race now compared to how you did maybe 10 years ago? Shit, I wish I was a little quicker. Really, really, really? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I definitely, I mean, I think I'm stronger than I've ever been. But I'm not. I, I know that I'm not as fast as I used to be. So you have to use that to your advantage, and that's one thing about racing an Ironman. You know, it's like you can definitely use experience to your advantage. Yep. Well, well, so what's the goal? Do you have a goal, or is it just a smack and see what happens? Me? I mean, my, you know, my moderate goal is to get top ten, yep. and anything better than that, I think I'm capable of on a good day. You've been in the sport for so long. You know, like 21 years. I know we can you know, give it whatever, but. What do you see is happening with the sport now and where it's going and do you think the sport is heading in a good direction? Because you have really good insight into the sport. I mean, as I said earlier, I think I see what's happening in Ironman that what happened in Olympic distance racing. You know, it gets very competitive. You know, people see what other people can do and they take advantage of it. And, you know, people are training like unbelievably crazy right now and I think that'll plateau off a little bit because you'll see that athletes won't last as long in the sport by training the way they train I mean I think you get to a point where when you're fit you're fit and there's no if you go too far over that you know you might not pay for it that day but you definitely pay for it later in the road so I would like to hope that some of these athletes can stay in the sport a lot longer I mean when it gets more and more competitive, you know, that puts the stress level, the pressures, injuries will be more frequent. Um, but, you know, it also brings out the best in people because it's going to mean that, you know, it's going to be competitive and it's and people are going to, when somebody reaches a point, everyone wants to knock them off. And, you know, Chrissy is definitely at that point right now. It's like, you know, it, it seems that, you know, every time she does a race, she's, you know... Yeah, you know, it to the next level. Yeah. Take it to the next level, but that's only going to raise everyone else's level of competition. We've seen or we've heard a lot um, the WTC are making some big headway in terms of doping controls this, um, basically for this race. Since you moved away from Olympic distance racing, moved to Ironman, you were living in the States so you probably didn't have a lot to do with the Australian Federation. Have you been tested a lot in that in you know, say the last five to ten years where you've been more focused on Ironman racing? I definitely was um, tested a lot up until 2004. And then it definitely plateaued off. So I think it's a great thing. The only reason why I think it's a great thing that WTC are now taking control because, you know, it's it's up to them to control what's happening in, in what they're creating. And they're creating an, an Ironman series around the world, which is getting bigger and bigger. They're creating the 70.3. So they really need to take control. And I think it's a very big positive step that they're taking control and they're going to decide what, what the penalties are. Do you think we're going to see some people getting caught now that they are being a bit more, you know, active and trying to find people? I mean, I think I think if people get caught, 
I think that's a good thing. You know, a lot of people say, well, it's bad for the sport. You know, it's like you guys are all cheating. You know, you get a lot of flack like that. But for me personally, if you're catching people, then the drug program's working. If you're not catching people, then your drug control and your drug program's not working. So how much longer, you know, will we see here another three or four years racing at this level? Uh, not in Kona. Not in Kona. So this, you're still uh, to do Ironman, but maybe not come to Kona. Yeah, this is probably be my last Hawaiian Ironman. I just wanted to come back and have a good solid race. Yeah. And I wish I could say my body could take the toll that this sort of racing, you know, especially at this level takes. But so is that tough, you know, because, you know, you've been a high-class athlete for a long time. And so, and I'm sure... Know. Well, no, but, you know, you, you have been. And so, mentally, you know, I imagine right now you're in a real mental place, but the body's no longer there at that real high level. How, how's it, how do you handle that? You know, for me, I do it because I enjoy it. And, you know, it does suck when you're like, man, I used to be a little bit quicker, but you know what? I'm still capable of winning a lot of races. Yeah. So f for me, that's motivation in itself. And, you know, I, it's, I don't know what it's going to feel like to not race as a professional because, you know, I've never done it. I've been yeah. racing so long. So who knows what that's going to feel like? And definitely I've enjoyed this year immensely, racing some shorter races, rolling into some 70.3s, and then we'll see after Saturday how how this will take its toll on the body. Yeah. Very good. I'm close there. Thank you very much. Thanks for your time. Good luck on the day. Thanks, guys. Bring it on. Thank you very much. That's great. Oh! So John and Bevan have arrived at the expo. And we're, uh, John's locking up the bikes right now. Got the D-lock happening, which is really good. It's a beautiful day. The cloud's coming over, but I think we're going to be pretty safe. We're going to the expo. John, what are you expecting to see? Bit of product. Big product? Yeah. We've got, we've got, we've got the Admiral over here. Come over to the Admiral. How are you feeling, mate? Nosy. Feeling good. Thank you very much. Nosy. <laughs> it's Nosy Admiral. Have you spent much at the Expo? Uh, yeah, and I've just resisted trying to buy another yeah. pair of Newtons or a new oh, pair of Newtons. Oh, nice. Wouldn't nice. be for the race, but... Yeah. Go and get yourself some Mizunos. I don't think they sell those here, John. <laughs> it's... it's no, no. I'm going to go and uh, see if I can get some more Iron Man porn. <laughs> mate, you're lapping up the week. You're loving it. I love this. It's yeah, brilliant. really? Are you in heaven? Yeah, it's superb. I've actually brought my 30-year anniversary book down to get signed by as many pros as possible. Oh, great. How sad is that? Have you, have you managed to see many pros around? Yep. I've got Stephen and Bella Bayless just inside there at the moment. Oh, great. And uh, Phil Graves is going to be here at 2 o'clock. Oh, that's Dave's, right. Yeah, we've got the email. Dave Scott's... Oh, brilliant. No. Yep. yep. Superb. Is that what I'm you come down for? We're not going to get them on? Oh, no, we're not going to be here. Oh no. Yeah, we've, we've already arranged it. But it doesn't matter because we've got the Admiral on the show. Fantastic. Love your work. Brilliant. No, I mean, John, is it? You're going to be paying top dollar for anything, really, aren't you? They don't, they don't really have a sales price, do they? So we've got a t shirt here. Would you wear that t shirt, John? No, it's a cap, sorry. The cap is $23. T shirt is $39. Oh, no, that's, that's reasonable. That's, that's fair, I'd say. Okay, yeah. You happy with that? Yep. I want to get my free, some free stuff, Bevan. Okay, well, let's try to find some free stuff. Your challenge is to get me a free T-shirt and a free cap. Okay, free T-shirt and free cap. I'm going to go do that right now. I'm a little bit disappointed so far. How are you feeling so far? I'm looking for free stuff. And we've got none yet, have we? Uh, I think we're in the wrong area. Okay, let's go free stuff area. Come with me. That's the bike porn area. We need to do a bike porn area at some stage. I'm in Brazil. I'm in Brazil. Multisports.com. You should sign up get yourself a coach. Is that where you get coaches, is it? Yeah. Nice. Okay, I'm going to get a coach because my last coach slacker. <laughs> I'm in New Zealand. I'm in New Zealand. Oh, I love the low. Okay, we're going to go in here. Here's a first bit of free stuff. bbcookies.com. We're going to sample there. That's no, uh, Aaron Baker, isn't it? It is Aaron Baker's cookies. Let's have a try. Mmm, that one's pretty good. We've got some muesli. Oh, you got the whole thing? Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> I assume you can. One of each. <laughs> good times, Tom. Are you liking it? Nice. Crunchy. Crunchy. 
toasted muesli. Toasted muesli. Is this right? Nice. Nice. Straight. So athletes are always doing their best to improve performance, and uh, and sometimes they pay a price. But you guys have, have a suit, and I have to say it's a pretty flash-looking suit that, that claims to maybe reduce heart rate by up to 20 beats per minute. Can you tell me what's happening here? Yes, we use three different principles. Um, the first principle that we use in our suit is a reflective quality on the material. So we've always known that lighter, wider fabrics are going to be cooler than wearing darker fabrics. So this is unique in that it is white, but it also has reflectiveness that reflects the rays. Any rays, going on to the second principle, that are absorbed into the suit, instead of hitting your skin and warming your skin, they're absorbed by the mesh. And that's the third principle, that the mesh keeps the polyamide off your skin, which also aids in the cooling. Um, we've used a couple um, different fabrics in a study that we've reported on. Um, a white cotton, black cotton, a polyamide that is black, and then this double layer fabric. And you can see that the average heart rate, we had six different athletes did it over four different days at a controlled environment, artificial sunlight, as um, 60 minutes on a stationary bike. Um, we had the control temperature. They weren't allowed to do any other exercise. They were all very similar in their athletic abilities. Um, after the 60 minutes, they were tested on their heart rate as well as um, weighed from before and after. You can see they had less sweat loss. Not only less sweat loss, but their heart rates were significantly lower. Different compared to comparing to what different materials they wore. Very good. She did really well, I must say. <laughs> you ready yourself? You have some crumbs right oh, there. Man, you should have told me that. Messy. <laughs> and you're hot too, so it's really bad because you're really hot and I've got crumbs on my face. Who's hot? She is, not you, John. <laughs> He's not that hot, really. Where are you guys, <laughs> where are you guys from? We're from New Zealand. Okay, I'm a South African. Oh, wow. What are you doing over here? Um, I moved to Austin, Texas. Um, I'm working for Rocket Science, for one. And, and how's, how's the product going? Um, it's doing really well. We're only five years old, so it's a new company. Um, and it's we're triathlon specific. We just introduced our swim line, so you can take one of these catalogs, too. Um, Thanks. It's <laughs> life-changing. Who are you reporting for? Um, Yourself? Um, have you ESPN? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's not, not you. Not them. Sorry, we're going to go. Thank you very much for your time. We do a podcast. Okay. Just turn it off. World famous. Sorry. Say say goodbye. Bye. They have a free section, and I must say, one of my favourite lollies of all time are peaches and cream, and I'm not sure if these are peaches and cream or not, but they look very peaches and creamish. I haven't tried these before. What are they? So tell us about them. Tell us a little about these, please. These are energy gel blasts. These are strawberry banana. Strawberry and banana. Pretty exciting. Should we try one? Raspberry. Raspberry. Okay, can we try? Yes, Mmm, it tastes like lollies. Does it taste like lollies? Mmm, actually they're pretty good. You happy? Uh, which, which is serving? This pack This is very good podcasting. Give me a break. So. Still not very good They are pretty good, I must say. Put that on, that we we pretty much confirmed our uh, across the interview, haven't we? 
after yeah, race. You got Bevan got the big cuddle. I, I was on the hug, bloody mate. phone trying to sort out uh, uh, some love, some issues. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, went I got the Bevan. big cuddle too. I was yeah, loving it. And I was like, oh, sorry, I'm John. I'm on the phone. Like, you, you, you're doing John. He's going, who's this guy? I said, oh, he's nobody. Just go yeah. over here. Come over here. Give me another cuddle. Yeah. So uh, Bevan got the the big cuddle. I'm going for another big cuddle when we do the interview too. Yeah. Yeah. He's got to get the pash though. What do you think of the What do you think of the pash? What do you think of the the media interviews? Pretty boring. It really was. And for a moment, I was almost going to fall asleep. Yeah. You know, when you get sleepy eyes. Yeah. And I was kidding. I was going. I was like, oh no, don't, you can't fall asleep, Isles. Yeah. Uh, didn't really learn. I mean, I thought the, the some of the the, the the way they did it, they brought out first. They had Rudy Garcia. They had a girl who's um, fundraising through the Janice Foundation, and she's trying to raise money to set up a bike park school, for, yeah. for Steve in memory of Steve Larson. Then they had a guy pretty incredible. He's had like cancer four, four times. times. And he's had a heart transplant three years ago. So that, that was pretty... Yeah. I found that the most interesting out of it all. And then they had just a guy who's in the Navy who's had to do all his training on the, on the, on the wind trainer and on the treadmill in pretty yep. tough conditions. But I found that more interesting than the pro stuff. There wasn't really anything... I, I think what's really stuff. interesting what I got from the pro stuff is just how, how important and how much of a star Chrissy Wellington is right now. Mm. Like we had Craig Alexander next to her and pretty much they had to really direct people to, to not ask Chrissy questions, really, mm. at the end of the day. Because it was just... All about Chrissy, and she, she's the star now, isn't she? Yeah, that was the thing. I thought they'd have more people there. So the guys, all they had was Craig Alexander, and Nico Lanos, and Terenzo Bazzoni. Yeah. For some reason. Um, well, I think maybe because they're seventy point three champ. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then the girls, they had the top three from last year, plus Marinda Carfrey, plus Lindsay Corbin because she's American, and McKaylee um, Jones, and McKaylee Jones. So. Um, yeah. Do you know what, John? What? Were you impressed with me when I asked the question? Be- that's true. <laughs> you have to admit. I was impressed. Bevan asked. Because it, really... it was Triathlete Mag, it was Slow Twitch, and one other guy. There's like three guys just dominating it, just Asking getting in every there. every question. So I didn't, I didn't go Bevan Isles from Bevan James Isles no, you from didn't. Talk. You, they, 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 I was a little nervous, I have to admit. They thought they, they, thought they were the cool kids in, in the class, but you showed them. Yeah, thanks, John. Yeah. So, no, that was a good question. What was the question again? Uh, I asked Chrissy if, again, Chrissy, um... Oh, I was just saying how my question was. So I go, you know, everyone pretty much expects you're going to win. You know, that's you know, everyone kind of says you're going to win. Does that is that good pressure or bad pressure for you? Mm. Kind of probably asked a little bit better than she, that. She um, probably one thing that came out of me. She did a bit of smack talk. Well, not, not so much smack talk, but she was just so confident. Yeah. So every time they asked a question of her, she said, "What have you done different? Well, I'm, I'm stronger. I'm better in the swim. I'm better in the bike, and I'm better on the run." She yeah. said that several times, very confidently. She said. All my training times are heaps better than what they've ever been before. But, but the thing is, like everybody else, there's given up. Yeah. Like, she doesn't have the person who's going, you know what? She may be better than me, but I'm gonna, still going to... You know, like if Mecca yep. was a chick, I'd, like, I'd love it if Mecca... Well, I wouldn't love it if Mecca was a chick, but if Mecca was a chick right now racing and he was the second-place getter, he'd be doing his shit to bring her down. You know what I mean? Mm. He'd be playing the game. But all the chicks are like, oh, you know, if, if I can get a third or a fourth, yeah. and there's no one who's saying, you know what? There's no challenger for her. Yeah, whereas Crowey on the other side, hot, hot favourite, yep. but there's lots of people I bet think they can beat him. Yeah, mm. and so... And I think lots of people, no one really thinks they can beat her, but no one's even kind of putting their hands up and saying, no one's playing the game. But I'm sure that was pretty similar as well when Mark Allen was going through and he was so dominant. No, Dave Scott would have... If he was around, he still would have thought... Well, in that, in that area, yes, but I think once once he got into the Mark Allen and started winning, he was dominant every year, you yeah. know, every time he came. I wonder if it was the same with Paula. Yeah, yeah, I, did, I would have said... 
you had Paula and you had Aaron who could sometimes challenge her here. Anywhere yep. else, Aaron would be on par with Paula, if not better. Yep. Um, but at Kona, she was the, the queen of Kona, and uh, and unless Aaron was here to push her, it was very much her show. Mm. So See, yeah, that's Chrissy needs the year, and doesn't she? Mm. You know, they say all, all good stars need that rival, and Chrissy mm. doesn't have that yet, does no, she? she's just going to dominate. It's going to start to get a bit boring. Yeah, yeah. Well, unless she keeps giving me cuddles, I'm quite happy with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so sponsors. So we, we went, again, we went to the endurance sport, um, endurance sport travel breakfast this morning, and I actually thought when I was sitting there because we started chatting to a couple of the other people yeah, there, look, and I thought if, if you're ever going to a race and you're going to be going by yourself, it's probably quite a good opportunity to actually go and meet a few other people. Yeah. And, and rather than just, I mean, I can imagine if you came to this race by yourself, it'd be pretty boring. You'd basically go and do your regular stuff. And you sit in your just, hotel room. You sit in your hotel room and wouldn't do anything. Well, that's kind of what I did. Yeah. And I got fat because I had too many dominoes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's just one of the things I was thinking about endurance sport travel. If you're going to a race, especially where you may be coming by yourself, they might be able to hook you up with um, yeah, sharing. Yeah, because you're social respect, doesn't it? Eh? And um, you've got the worst case scenario. You've got at least you got that breakfast every morning where you can have a bit of contact with people. And I think the other thing about that, that social aspect, but also gives you a bit of security because you come to Kona first time in Kona, and even if you've done a few Ironman, there's there's all those kind of doubt questions that come up again mm. and with endurance sports travel you're going to have lots of athletes who have done the race before mm-hmm. so you can kind of just be a soundboard of them and it takes a lot of pressure off and you've got Ken Glar and he's and uh, he's like the man he's done Kona 26 times in a row I think yeah. 25, 26 times in a row yeah. and he's accessible he's, he's there he's at breakfast he's he's doing taxi runs to the airport yep. and taking people out training so yeah. he's accessible and, and he knows the, the race inside out so get on to it uh, again, Challenge Athletes Foundation we're going to be talking to, the, to them tomorrow yeah. um, we'll probably hopefully have Virginia Virginia Tinley on the show um, on Friday, hopefully. I'm going to have a, give her a buzz I, I, tonight. Well, it kind of made me proud of our community. And I know there's a few people who have really been the force behind Challenge Athletes, but when you're walking around and you've got all these guys with their limbs and stuff, and they, you know, like general public doing an Ironman Hawaii is just, mm. you know, like in their minds, the most craziest thing ever. But you talk to these guys and they just, they want to change perceptions and, and mm. they're not disability people, you know, they can really make a big difference in this world. And, and I don't know, like when I'm walking around and see these people, I, I kind of feel proud of that our community has that. And so, mm. you know, if you are thinking about supporting some kind of charity, it's, it's I really believe it's one of those things mm. that is pretty great. There must be, if you're a kid and you're growing up there, it'd just be tough. Man. Well, that's what that Rudy's guy was saying, yeah. wasn't it? He was saying, you know, he meets kids and he wants to be in a role models and say, yeah. well, you know what? It's not a limit, you know, yeah. you can really do whatever you want. Yeah. So, so I'm good. looking forward to watching him race. Yeah. Yeah. I think he, he's a fantastic swimmer. He will be right, he won't, he won't be right up there in the swim, but yeah. he's a good swimmer. But it sounds like he's going to struggle on the bike. What I like about him as well is he seemed like a, a real level-headed, mature young man. Mm. You know what I mean? Like he spoke really well. I think he's been in the limelight for a while. Yeah, now, so. he knows how to play the game. It was good. Yeah. What we're going to do when we finish this podcast, we're going to put it's our going to be a long one, John. I am talk sign out the front of our condo. Um, yep, okay. and then we'll, we'll put it somewhere even. Do you think they'll mind if we ask them? Oh, we'll just whatever. We'll just put it out there. <laughs> and on race day, we'll try to get it in a slightly more. Maybe put it out on the street somewhere. I'm thinking if we can get over the finish line. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you can do that, I'll, no, give, you... I'll give it to the winner when they come down. It's quite a big sign, like a couple of meters <laughs> wide. We'll, we'll pass it over to Chrissy or Crowley if they're, if they're in the winner. And we'll position. take a photo. We'll yeah. take a photo. Um, coffees of Hawaii. Yep, on the boat again. The boat's amazing. The boat's good. They had the, and they have the signs. It's cool. You had the signs underneath the water. Yeah, did you see that when you were swimming back? I did. I, they must have put it on the way back because yeah. it wasn't there on the way out. That was pretty so cool. So you, you're maybe 100 metres off the shore and then they have rocks down the bottom. There's this big 
arrow pointing to the coffee but coffee button. And Albert's actually got photos of that on his Facebook page, on the Coffees of Hawaii Facebook page, and also their blog. And I've put copy one up onto our Athlinks page. Oh, great. Good so if, on Athlinks, um, if you go on there, if you go to the expo, you click on the I Am Talk company um, yep. icon, you go through there, we've got a, another page in there which has got photos on it. Put our photo with Yvonne Van Vlerken up there. Great. Uh, and I'll put a couple of others up today. We haven't been snapping too much. Yeah, we, we, we kind of did we talked the video and photo thing, but it's actually, we're kind of working hard getting interviews. Mm. Um, Trybuys.com, just deals. get on there, deals galore. Athlinks.com to get all your photos. And notice what we're doing over here. Okay, mm. John, so what's so we're pretty much going to go straight to another interview now, aren't we? We are. Who's that? We'll save that. You like, you like, you like the mystery, don't excitement you? Excitement for tomorrow. Yeah. So we've got a... A well, well, no, uh, a bit of a dark horse female athlete. Let's just leave it at that. Yeah, dark horse and then tomorrow athlete. we may have a hot female athlete. Two hot female. Yeah, but she's not racing. No, we're in the other one. Man hands. Yeah, she's not racing. <laughs> oh, they're both not racing. Who's I the other one? I probably shouldn't have said man hands. Who's the other one? I'm not going to talk about okay. it. Okay. Anyway, we'll get a few more out there tomorrow. But tomorrow's Friday, so it's going to be tough to do too much um, because most people will be resting up in bed. And Any other gossip? Wow, we've got a fair bit of gossip, but we can't say much of it. Yeah, that's a problem. We've had some exciting gossip. I tell you right? what, you do get the inside baseball, don't you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, the world of... I know, and I know we're teasing you right now and saying, oh, well, the inside baseball, but it would lose that. We wouldn't have to do this ever again, would we? No. Yeah, so can't do it. So it's all excitement. Okay, it's... guys, well, well, that's a long show. We'll be back tomorrow with another Good. Kona Super Special. Good. I'm Russ. I'm Mendo. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha.